0: This is Co-Pilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show,
1: but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance
0: might just sway your mind. Here, we take that second chance for you and let you know if a show is worth more than just one shot.
1: I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be Nobody's Looking. (laughs)
0: Nobody's looking is a twenty nineteen sitcom from Netflix. Yeah, I mean, it's not actually from Netflix. It's one of those things where Netflix picks up the rights to a show. Yeah, so then they it. so yeah.
1: then now it's a Netflix original series. just like, "Is it though? Netflix? Is it original?
0: Like how they like slapped Netflix original series on Lucifer when Lucifer or
1: Arrested <laughs> Development when they made the last season of the show, and that last season is nowhere near as good."
0: Yeah, so maybe not a Netflix original, but it's actually a Brazilian show yeah uh, originally in Portuguese.
1: it labels itself as when i looked it up it's a fantasy comedy
0: that seems i mean according wrong. to what the
1: show is supposed to be about yeah that makes sense
0: but anyways episode one is called shoot
1: yeah now even though it is originally in portuguese we did watch the english dub of it we had the subtitles up so you know we kind of read along honestly there's not a huge difference the dub isn't greatly timed like the adr is eh but it doesn't change much about the context of the show. I will say
0: dub. that's one thing I've noticed about Netflix's um, dubs <laughs> of live action shows. They're all kind of meh.
1: They're not horrible, but they're not good either.
0: Yeah. That's said, uh, episode one is entitled Shoot. Yes. And it opens with a news report from different news agencies across the world. Yeah. Yeah. We get some hard facts here that, like, three times the number of car accidents have happened. Insurance company stocks are plummeting.
1: Oil rigs are having accidents.
0: We then get a slide that says two days earlier. Mm-hmm. And a redhead in a business suit. Well, not a suit. Business he's in attire. in a smart,
1: casual outfit. He's wearing a short-sleeved white shirt that's buttoned up with a red tie and, like, a pair of khaki pants.
0: I had business attire in my notes. I said suit. That's my bad. Yeah. But he's got business attire, a white shirt, black pants... And he has wings Tiny,
1: and, tiny little wings
0: And he's also very confused
1: And he's standing in a pretty dark and kind of grungy looking room
0: Yep, and then a projector flips on
1: And a video starts to play on the wall
0: And we're introduced to the Angelus system for human protection
1: mm-hmm. In fact, as he's informed, just like we are He is the newest member of the Angelus system for human protection
0: And the video is like,
1: what are humans?
0: Humans are incredibly prone, prone to prone, dying
1: Yeah, they're advanced primates that, you know, they're pretty flammable, they're fragile they're brittle
0: and they're prone to expiration Mm -hmm. we also learn that what humans call luck is actually the invisible work of an angelus
1: yes and we are shown this in an example of a kid sitting in a street and then getting run over by a car but the kid's fine so the kid gets run over but he's fine and it's because we play the video back again and this time there's an angelus watching him as he sits
0: there Angelos are easily recognizable because they they wear black pants, white shirts, have a red tie, have red hair, and tiny wings. And then
1: we cut from the video of a kid getting run over but surviving to see a man holding a book, dressed the same angel wings and red hair, in front of a giant sign that says, Angelus District 551. 5511.
0: Yep, 5511. And
1: Um, he introduces himself as Fred, the head of that district.
0: We also learn, though, that our new person, our main character, was created because the chief needed him, specifically Mm -hmm. needed him. And Fred
1: is going to be this new individual's boss and as his boss it's his job just to make sure that their job goes seamlessly
0: Mm -hmm. here we learn that the angels all follow a set of four rules rule number one is to follow the daily assignment order
1: which we learned just before we get the rules that the daily assignment order is how they're given what they're supposed to do
0: essentially an angel is assigned as a guardian angel to a human and they protect that human throughout the day Mm -hmm. making sure that the, the human doesn't kill themselves yeah, and the daily
1: orders are given out by the chief who is the boss above fred he is the big boss the chief mm-hmm. so you know angels big boss is always god they just don't say god at any point in this
0: well also they're not angels they're angeluses yeah An- yeah angel lies the plural sorry. Yeah, Angel-i,
1: and then a single is angelus
0: yep rule number two is to not appear to humans angelus yeah, not i have the ability to be invisible and they are to stay that way around humans rule number three
1: don't mess with humans, you're not assigned to. If they're not your assigned DOA, DAO. D-A-O I, my mind keeps wanting to make that DOA because it's just the one I know. But if it's not your D- you're assigned DOA, DAO, they're dead. They might as well be dead on arrival with these shitty angels, man. <laughs> if it's not your assigned DAO, don't fuck with them.
0: Yep. And the fourth rule, very simple, do not ever, under any circumstance, enter the chief's
1: office. So obviously, at this point, from every other thing I've seen where, look, it's angels or something else. And don't go into this room because this room is where God is. God's not going to be
0: there. But also, God is very busy devising the master plan for humanity and must not be interrupted at any point ever.
1: Yeah. So, uh, God's dead or gone or missing or never existed.
0: That's how the shit always goes. Or a rodent, I guess that's spoilers spoilers man <laughs> spoilers for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy true where the most intelligent species of all time are mice yes Yes, they which are. are actually pre-human hominids who are disguised as mice on earth so the program could run successfully this is spoilers for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy now if you didn't sign up for it I apologize yeah and we
1: are also told that our new guy here Hasn't been able to make things a bit easier. The Brief
0: Manual of Humanity.
1: It's only 4,322 pages, which honestly, if it's covering like all of human history, as well as subjective human thinking and morality and such,
0: 4,000-ish pages, actually pretty fucking brief. Yeah, it's definitely not all of that, though, because that would imply that they're going to teach these in about free will and decision making. Yeah. And they definitely don't want to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. That said, though, um, fortunately, Angel Eye can speed read and retain information very well when they do so. Mind so- mind you, if what we see
1: of him speed reading is what they call speed reading, that's a very underqualified term to call it because he flips through the book and it does that wonderfully classic thing of any former media ever where someone speed reads at inhuman like levels where it's just... Look, I'm flipping through these pages to the point that some of these pages don't part all the way. So you legitimately, even it, if you could see the words, like even if you could see the words in that amount of time, you can't because they're covered by another page still.
0: It's called um, reading by osmosis.
1: Yeah, might as well be like, if that's going to be your go to gimmick for speed reading at a point, can we just say no when you just legitimately do read by osmosis? Like, I touched it. I understand it. We're good now.
0: So our main character reads this book very quickly. And reading is a strong term. Picks up a stamp that was like a rubber stamp that was sitting next to the book mm-hmm. and finds his way down some stairs where he walks into an office filled with a bunch of other redheads going about mm-hmm. their
1: business. It's also pretty grungy looking, very, very poor lighting. Like so, overall, not poor lighting from the show standpoint, but poor lighting for the office building.
0: So, you know the movie Jumanji? Yeah. The first one. Like, it,
1: does it also make you think of the shoe factory when they go back after th- it's abandoned?
0: Yeah, that's exactly Damn. where I'm going. I was like, this place is a lot it's like the, the abandoned shoe, shoe factory. factory. Yeah, like, yeah. uh by the way, that first Jumanji movie, the one with Robin Williams, fucking Chef's kiss. It's good. Oh, I fucking love it. The new ones are not bad either. They're not bad. I, but... I-, I will not argue. Like, anyways, um, nobody seems to notice him at first, and he, and he kind of like leans his arm against this. Poster for the rolls.
1: It's just a repetition of the rolls.
0: Yeah, and it's got a glass cover on it, and he's like leaning his arm against it, and then he knocks the poster of the four rolls off the wall. We hear the frame break, and everybody stops,
1: and they all just turn and look at him. They seem astounded, and then and somebody all, yells,
0: "Someone some get, get Fred. Fred!" Yeah. When Fred greets him, we find out that it's been over. It's been almost three hundred years since the chief made it and jewels, mm-hmm. and we learn that the MC's name, our main character's name, is Ulysses
1: because. Fred pulls that stamp up and looks at it. So apparently the stamp, they're just placed with their, their name.
0: Mm-hmm. And in the background, some angel, angel i put the poster back up on the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer got broken glass, even though we definitively dude, heard dude, that dude. glass break.
1: They're divine beings, supposedly. It's fine. Deal with it. Um, Here's our first joke for what's going to be a comedy show. And it is Ulysses just questioning why his name is Ulysses. If Fred's name is Fred and not Fred's, why is Ulysses' name? Plural. Yeah, but Ulysses does sound weird, so I guess Ulysses is, is better. Also, that was a lot of S's, and I apologize because that's never fun to hear in a microphone.
0: I'm more like... Well, in earphones. Okay, so I get the, like, name joke that's going on here, but he yeah. also knows he's an Angelus, which is, which is an Angelus, a singular, yeah. and ends with an S, and the plural is Angelai. Why would he assume that exactly. Ulysses Exactly, it is... doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and anyway, also
1: it just feels kind of st- tilted. It, it's obviously meant to be like a fish out of water experience like here's this guy we're just gonna throw him in the deep end ha 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 it's gonna be funny except it's not
0: fred then gives ulysses a tour showing him around the office and showing him to the dao machine which Wanda's in charge of wanda we met in the introduction video mm-hmm. um it was a brief introduction but she was there in the video
1: and anytime she tried to speak fred cut in to say something else mm-hmm. she's the one that listed us the rules and mentioned the manual
0: yep and Wanda's in charge of the DAO machine. Wanda um
1: can I explain how the DAO machine works real quick? Yes, yeah, go ahead. So the DAO machine has these spinny lights on the side that kinda of just go off when new matches are being made. And new matches are made by it's attached to the ceiling with these little circular tracks where two balls come down. One red, one white. The red one is the Angelus, the white one is the human. They roll down. They fall into these little catches, They pull them out, and those two people are paired. The yeah, angels paired
0: with that human. It's kind of like a Powerball machine, exactly. except um, instead of like having I don't know how many numbers are on the Powerball ticket. What ten? That sounds right. We'll mm-hmm. say ten. I don't I don't gamble with the lottery system, people. If I gamble, it's it's a game I can much more control, like poker.
1: But yeah, instead of that, it is all the names for the angelus in this district, and well, however large an area the district controls, because we know. At least for them, it's a city, but we don't know the size of the city. We don't know what city it is. We don't know if it controls the outskirts of the city, who controls areas in between cities. That's not cleared up in these two episodes.
0: Yep. We are, we're also then shown a very poorly kept gym area where the Angelus can work out and train because they have to have top tier reflexes. Is because, it poorly kept? I mean, it looks like it. It looked like it was meant to be more
1: dexterity training because it was like swinging hoops and like Maybe. balls and like on slingshots and stuff.
0: Maybe. It just felt very, um, like.
1: It felt pretty empty, not very new, I would say. Yeah. It feels very outdated, but I mean also it's a very millennia old probably gym.
0: And the Angelus here train the reflexes because apparently, despite the fact that they can turn invisible, they're still fully corporeal when they're down on Earth.
1: Yeah. So they apparently they are practicing so that way they can slip through doors and windows and avoid physical contact with humans.
0: Yep. Then we get to the very end where we learn that each day the Angels have to complete paperwork. Mm-hmm. Which Fred specifies he only wants one page reports, and no more.
1: Preferably one page. Yep. And we also have our second joke here, which also isn't very good.
0: Yeah, because we learned during this time that Wanda files the reports away. Mm -hmm.
1: That's the third joke. Oh. The second joke is as they're walking through, Ulysses sees what looks like a kid doing paperwork. He's like, Oh, oh, this doesn't seem right. From what I've read, child labor is extremely immoral. And then Fred's like... No, that's Cherub. He's been here for like 12,000 plus years. Yeah. It also wasn't funny. Fun fact, there was like, what? A funny joke, a funny circumstance. And I think that's really it for this show. There was a funny joke, a funny circumstance. I, I guess the other one is kind of vaguely funny.
0: Like, there's humorous conceits to this show. But, but they're not portrayed in a humorous way. But nothing that actually makes you laugh. It's all like, hey, if you think about this, it is funny. It's just we're not going to take the effort to make it Like, a joke.
1: Yeah, we're not actually going to put in the effort to make the joke. We're just going to hand you the pieces so you can assemble one yourself.
0: Anyways, during this tour, we learned that Wanda is responsible for the DAO machine. Mm -hmm. She also files the reports in the archives. If
1: you have any questions, ask her.
0: And this is the third joke, which is actually, I mean, it's it's the joke that anybody that's worked in any type of, like, job with middle management has already said before, because Ulysses looks at Fred and he's like, well, then, what's your job?
1: And Wanda goes, Huh, I'll like this kid. i like this kid or something like that. But
0: th- the obvious joke being that all Fred does is stamp reports for
1: Wanda to file. Yeah. and Fred kind of happily says, I supervise.
0: Mm-hmm. And anybody that's ever known middle management positions, that means basically do nothing.
1: And immediately after, Fred says he supervises, Ulysses is introduced to his supervisors.
0: No, tutors.
1: It, it says supervisors in the English dub in the I think. subtitles it says tutors, and that does feel more correct. They're, I,
0: they're I, I more think,
1: trainers, really.
0: I think calling them supervisors in the dub was is, inherently wrong. Is distinctly wrong. That because, was,
1: yeah, I know. That's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. that's wrong. They probably should have called them trainers.
0: Mm hmm. Because, specifically, Fred is the supervisor.
1: Mm hmm. And his two trainers, as I prefer to call them, are Choon and greta
0: yep and i took a note here because we get greta teaching ulysses the ropes here she takes him out into the world and starts showing yeah. stuff but i took a note here and this note says the humor of the show seems to be completely based on ulysses questioning things that nobody has thought to question him before
1: oh well, yeah there, there's a point right here after greta goes because Chun's just happy there's a New Angelus, and Greta's upset that there's only one New Angelus, because since the last time they got a new one, humanity's population has gone from 600 million to 7 billion, and that's a tenfold increase. Tenfold increase. Yeah. And she's upset, and Tunes just like, don't question the chief's decisions. It's the chief. He knows what he's doing. And then, basically, out of nowhere from this, well, actually, sorry, Ulysses goes to have Justice tie, like, listens it a bit, mm-hmm. and Fred's just like, stop that. The tie is part of what we do. We want to look professional everything. And Ulysses just goes, but humans can't see us, right? And they're all like, yeah. Well, then why are we wearing ties?
0: Yep. So, like I said, the humor in the show is all um, Ulysses asking questions that other people don't ask. Why do we wear ties if the humans can't see us? And why? then
1: no one answering because they don't know.
0: What does my name end in an if it's not plural? How do we know the other districts exist? How do we know that the chief is working behind the closed door? Like, all these questions that other people aren't asking. Anyways, Greta shows Ulysses around... Mm-hmm. and they're on a bu- They're on a train together, a bus? I think it's a bus, yeah. Okay. And Ulysses sees a, what, a redhead, and he's like, oh, another Angelus.
1: And he goes to talk to her, and touches her, and goes like, "She. not all redheads are angels, because I'm gonna call them angels, because fuck this show. Yeah. And he's like, wait what they're not no also don't touch humans it causes like a
0: chill to go up there yeah humans are fragile it makes them cold to touch them and we then follow greta into a cab and because we're following a human throughout their day
1: i mean you, you kind of skip the cabs after the first part where we see the human
0: oh yeah i didn't care i didn't take notes for that part uh you with the part where well there, there's a part here
1: on the bus that i'd like to know so they practice going in through windows and doors, that way humans never notice them. And then Ulysses asks how they're going to get into their human's house that they're supposed to be watching over today. Mm-hmm. And Greta just says, a master key, which apparently, would, from the way they're referring to it, opens any door. So why the fuck do you need to know to squeeze through doors and, open, and go in through windows as much? You're not like,
0: supposed to use the key, obviously, because if you use the key, they can see the door open.
1: But they have the key, so why would you give the key to them?
0: I don't know, this show's bad.
1: Yeah, so then we get a screen that says day one. We cut back to the office where we see the DoA machine, and then it matches Greta and, U- and Ulysses with their human, and then they go to her. This first intro is weird because it's he's on the bus, he's on the human world with Greta, and then we go back to the office and see them get assigned.
0: Yep, and they're assigned to this woman who doesn't wear her glasses most of the time, even though even though she should. She has bad vision,
1: and we see Greta do like small things, like she kicks a pillow by a stack of books, and the person gets up, hits the books, and knocks her glasses on them so they don't break. She also, I think, kicked over, like, what, looked like a pincushion filled with needles that was just on the floor? I guess, yeah. So then she st- the girl steps on it, but the pins are now on the bottom side. However, that's not how a pincushion generally works. Because when you would apply pressure, the the sharper parts of the needle would then go through the pillow and into your foot.
0: Look, I don't know.
1: I, I don't know if that's what it was. It's what it looked like. And then she also knocks a ladle, I think, off the yeah, stove.
0: Yeah, so and- that she turn the stove's flame off. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's kind of lame. And when we finally do leave the apartment, Greta steals a sock on her way out. Yeah. Greta's gimmick of stealing things is kind of funny. Like, True. It's, it's a background thing for most of it, but it is it is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, she steals a pin later, and like apparently this is just normal shit for her. She steals stuff all the time. The
1: thing is that bothers me about it is if that was a one-character thing, I'd be fine with it. It'd make Greta more of a character. Mm-hmm. The problem that we see almost immediately after she steals the pin is... There are, like, three giant clear bins that are, like, shoulder height for people, filled with pins, markers, and I think the third one socks. So it just implies angels are the ones who, like, oh, I can't find my pin, where did it go? And angel fucking stole it. Oh, I can't find a sock, and angel fucking stole it. Like, what's the fucking point? As a single character, that's actually a fun character trait. But the fact that it's just something they all seem to fucking do ruins it.
0: Yep. So we follow their DAO person mm-hmm. into gets, a taxi.
1: Yeah. And she's not... She's wearing her glasses, but takes it off immediately after getting in the car, basically. Because... And- as Greta suggests, probably, she doesn't think they look
0: good. So Greta then whispers in the cab driver's ear, and the cab driver looks back at at um, their DAO, And it's like, those glasses look really good on you. You should wear them more often. And so she puts her glasses back on because she got a self-confidence boost from this mm-hmm. driver. And is like, oh, what did you do there? And she's like, well, cab drivers are transmitters. Cab drivers and, and manicurists, we can talk to them, and what we tell them they take and internalize his life advice and give it to other people.
1: Yeah, which is actually the one
0: pretty decent joke in this show. Because then Ulysses is like, what about Uber drivers?
1: No, th- those don't count.
0: Yeah, so there's your one funny, like, joke. It's just the delivery is very poor and the setup is poor. Basically, how we just delivered it is how the show delivered it. Yeah, and,
1: you know, the whole punchline there is, well, taxi drivers and manicurists and generally thrown in there from my understanding are hairdressers but whatever mm-hmm. give pretty good life advice or for some reason we fucking go to them for life advice also i feel like a bartender should probably be thrown in there but whatever but like that's the joke haha these people that stereotypically give good advice only give good advice cuz they can hear angels
0: yep so the, the taxi is going to a vet mm-hmm. because this woman has a bird that is sick and this is this scene could be funny but it just like goes on too long yeah because
1: the... she takes the bird to the vet and she's like i think the bird might be allergic to cigarettes cigarettes yeah
0: and that's like well why it shouldn't you... be smoking cigarettes to begin with yeah
1: birds shouldn't smoke cigarettes i have so many birds that come here and smoke smoking's not good for them i had a pair like just last week that smoked cigars that was bad for it and she's like i'm the one that smokes he's like you probably shouldn't do it on the bird. They have tiny lungs.
0: Yeah. It, see, it, go, it actually goes on much longer than that, but that, that's the basis of it. Yeah. Uh, but here, that we do get the
1: fact that Ulysses is bothered by more than just the menial things they do because the vet is, like, pushed back against this wall, and we see a birdcage above him coming a bit loose. It's, like, mm-hmm. hanging on a nail. And he, he points it out to Greta, and she's just like, don't do anything about it. It's not your DOA.
0: By the time our DAO does leave the that the this cage comes loose from the wall, and mm-hmm bonks the guy like i honestly expected much worse because yeah just pages are die, heavy. Like, right i was like man this dude is dead opens desk drawer pulls
1: out medicine no he pulls no, out. no no i'm getting there and he's just like do you want any have you tried md well in the dub he says ecstasy but the subtitles say mdma well he no, just-
0: in, in the dub he says molly oh yeah yeah
1: and then in the subtitles it's mdma then mm-hmm. and he's like i've got a bunch of things like that so this vet's just also high all the time at work, apparently.
0: Yep. And that ends his first day out in the field where mm-hmm. they go back into the Angela's HQ, write up their report, stamp it a couple of times, and it goes away forever. Yeah. And then Ulysses is like, oh, I get it. So the next time somebody has this person. They can look at the report and know
1: what's been going on.
0: And then Fred's like, no, the report exists to be the report. It doesn't have any other functionality. It, re- it exists to get filed.
1: Yeah. So once again, the show falls into the whole ha-ha corporate shit that's dumb and doesn't serve a purpose, but they do anyways just because it's a thing that they do. And you know, that can actually be a pretty good setup and amusing thing for a show.
0: It just has terrible delivery. Like, like there are so many shows that make fun of shit like that.
1: Like, the entire fucking bureaucracy agency that fucking, um, Hermes works for in Futurama.
0: Or Better Off Ted, like, this...
1: Yeah, but like, I, I used the Hermes example, though, because it is, like, dry as bone, like, we literally just fill out paperwork, but they do it well because it, they either blow it to such a ridiculous proportion that it's just stupid funny, or they show that, like, okay, you filled out this form, but now you have to fill out a form for filling out that form.
0: Yeah. So we jump to the second day where Ulysses and Chun, his other tutor, are assigned to a teenage boy. Mm-hmm.
1: And at first, they just—he's just playing video games, and we do get an amusing shot, like I do like the setup for how they're doing it, where Ulysses is literally just staring straight down at this kid as the kid stares through him and play video games because he's invisible. It's. Mm-hmm. A good use of the fact that those characters are invisible. Fun trope. It's a normal, fun thing to do with yeah. that power. And Ulysses is just like, Is this all he's going to do all day? Are we not going to do anything else?
0: And Chun's like, This is kind of a normal day. Mm-hmm. But then the kid, this teenager, just stops playing video games. Like, suddenly, like he, he pauses the game. He didn't die on screen or anything. He appeared to be playing online. Pauses the game, sets his controller down, pulls his phone out, and starts masturbating. Mm-hmm. And
1: Ulysses is just like, oh, and turns away, and he's just like, is that? And she was just like, that's pretty normal. It's a whole puberty thing. Uh, This kid I had the other day masturbated for, like, three hours and 43 minutes. I I timed it.
0: And Chun like, the thing is, Chun isn't just watching him masturbate. He's, like, getting down Chun. in there.
1: Yeah, Chun. It's important for that one joke later.
0: Yeah, sorry. Chun isn't just, like, watching this kid masturbate. He's, like, getting down in there. Like You know that thing
1: where if you were in high school, you have a student, like, staring down at you while you're, like, filling out homework or taking a test or something? They're just, like, staring down over your shoulder, head tilted down. He's in that pose above this
0: kid. Who is, again, masturbating. Yeah. So, Greta is a thief. And Chun is literally a pedophile.
1: Yeah, so why that's happening, Ulysses walks to the window and he just sees a homeless guy get hit by a car. And then and, the car takes off.
0: And Ulysses goes out there to help, but then a woman comes up to help the, the mm. homeless man instead. And Ulysses just kind of follows them around. Yep. And that's what he does for the rest of the day. Because yeah. he doesn't want to watch a teenager
1: masturbate. Yeah, no, that's just fucking weird, man. So... The woman takes the guy back to her place, patches him up, gives him a card, tells him to call her if she needs help, if he needs help or anything. We didn't see her at this point. I wasn't sure if it was a roommate or a boyfriend. It is her boyfriend, we learn.
0: Yeah, based on the conversation, I was like, this is her SO of some sort. I wasn't
1: entirely sure, like, eh.
0: But they get in an argument, and he's like, you missed a job interview for this. She's
1: like, I care about other fucking people. What he, the fuck?
0: He's like, you can't just be bringing strangers back to our house. like." And
1: then he goes off about how she cares about other people more than herself, and she's like... I left my fucking parents' place so I do not have to hear that shit. I didn't move in here so I would have to hear it again.
0: Yeah, she's like, I, I don't need your rules. And he's like, maybe you do need rules. And she's like, no, I'm a free thinker and I don't need rules. I'm,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, so. And then she walks back to her living room and this guy has looked a very well done painting. Just like sitting in a chair.
0: Yeah. That was a nice painting. Call it now, favorite part of both these episodes? The painting honestly, her dialogue is so cringy with her boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that and when
1: we see them again later, the dialogue is bad with them.
0: Yep, back at Angela's HQ, though, Ulysses is about to do some training in the gym at the behest of Chun and Greta. Not, be, I think he doesn't really want, yeah, to like help. I said, at the behest of Chun and Greta, he's like, Do I have to do this? Like, and before he has to, Fred shows up and Fred is angry because the report from Fred, the report from Chun and Ulysses has a list of
1: suggestions from Ulysses that are in there and Fred's not happy about suggestions
0: suggestions on the way to make the Angelus operation a little more better. Mm -hmm. Ulysses is then lectured about how the district is a five-star district and no angel in the district has ever broken any one of the four rules. Mm -hmm. We also learned that if an angel does break one of the four rules they will suffer maximum punishment which Mm -hmm. is their they stop existing.
1: Yeah we don't learn that from Fred. Fred doesn't explain what more beyond maximum punishment is but we learn later no he does oh does
0: he yeah he, he says the chief made you the chief can make can un- oh yeah he you. destroys yeah, yeah. angels yeah so fred's like i haven't broken I, any of the four rules well, no though.
1: ulysses says he's broken any of the yeah. four rules. but no fred says but he doesn't have the power to do that but he does have the power to punish impudence and stuff like that yeah and man is his punishment the best it's the greatest punishment ever he loves what he has an idea of for punishment
0: yeah, his, his punishment is to make you watch Nick Cage's City of Angels for an eternity. And see, I'm going to go ahead and step out of the actual episode for a moment. Yeah. When we watched the trailer for this show, which is why we watched the show because the trailer was goddamn fucking hilarious. The trailer
1: cut every one of these setups or jokes at the perfect time to where it didn't murder the joke. Yeah. Like, like this, it made the joke. In the trailer, uh,
0: the joke was, do you know what happens to, a- to Angelus who breaks one of the four rules? Maximum punishment. And then cut to the, our... Primary character looking at Fred like, "Wow, what's that?" And then Fred going, watching City of Angels, starring Nicolas Cage for for all eternity, eternity. and like that's a funny joke. It's like if an angel fucks up, their punishments to watch this bad movie, which is a bad movie. Like,
1: and so you might be thinking, "Well, that's where we're at with what you're explaining for the scene." Like, that's just what happened. Except Fred goes on because. He explains why this is a bad punishment. We can't just let it sit there and be a joke. Fred needs to explain why it's a bad punishment.
0: Oh, yeah. If Fred would just stop right here, it's still funny because, like, the the context of it isn't anything, like, contextual. It's, oh, Nicolas Cage has this movie about angels... And you're forced to watch it for all of eternity. Yeah. Ha ha. Nicolas Cage is a bad actor. Ha but instead,
1: ha. Fred has to explain why why it is a punishment for angels. And it's because, in City of Angels, if you haven't heard, Fred's going to give us a little synopsis here. In City of Angels, an angel becomes human. And that's not good. Because he- humans are gooey and gross and they have to pay bills and they're horrible and they're inferior being.
0: I think he actually calls them a pestilence at one point. I think maybe.
1: Yeah. So, um, just throwing that out there. A little review. Within the show we are reviewing, City of Angels is bad because humans are horrible and inferior and they have to pay bills. And honestly, I'm gonna agree. Like, paying the bills makes humans pretty shit.
0: Yeah. Like I said, this is a funnier joke if you just don't explain it. Like... Yeah. Because when he explains it, he makes
1: it not a joke anymore. Yeah. Because it's not even like explaining the joke ruins the joke. Because he doesn't explain it as a joke. He explains it as this punishment that's not... It's just bad.
0: See... It's funnier if we just assume angels think that this is the worst movie ever made and that this is literal right. torture. Like, that's funnier than explaining that it's a bad film because an angel turns into a human.
1: Exactly. Like, the way this joke should have worked, wouldn't have been him explaining anything? It could have been, like, replaced any other movie where angels are involved that maybe they just didn't like. Like, the punishment is to watch Angels in the Outfield for
0: all of eternity. Because the angels directly interfere with human with human existence. Like And they play baseball and angels hate baseball like that's a funny joke too like if you don't explain it like if you just make it make, make the assumption that angels hate baseball right like, <laughs> the problem is though like the way that like i said the way that joke should
1: be set up is replace city of angels with any other movie with angels in it and boom funny they don't like the representation of angels cool
0: yeah yeah so anyways we cut to chun ulysses and greta and they're just walking about on earth and Chen and greta are arguing about who they would save if they could what famous human greta would save einstein be- because he's smart and physics is neat And Truman would save Disney because, I guess, he likes corporate overlords?
1: Um, his explanation is that no kid under six is going to know who Einstein is, but they don't know who Disney is. And Greta's just like, kids suck.
0: Since when have we ever cared about small humans?
1: Yeah. Anyways, Einstein was learning and understood so much about the interworkings of the universe. My point here is just, why the fuck do you care about what a human thinks about the interworkings of the universe? You work under God.
0: Then Ulysses sees the homeless man from earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. And when the woman bandaged him up, she's like, you can't get this bandage wet. Yeah.
1: And just as he sees him, Greta asks Ulysses, who would you save?
0: And Ulysses kind of just blinks out. And Greta and Shunner are like, eh, we'll leave him here. And they walk off.
1: And then it starts to
0: rain. And Ulysses is looking at this homeless man who's getting rained on. And his bandage can't get wet. So Ulysses takes a rock and, and throws it through a store window. Well, this rock is
1: just another point for something I want to I'm probably gonna mention in my end of note stuff. He picks up this rock. And it's pouring down rain and we get like this angled shot from like down by where the homeless guy is looking up at him holding this rock. Then we get just cuts of the rock and his hang tightening and then him bringing it back and then it's the window breaking and he's carrying the homeless guy inside. I mentioned that though because this is a rather like tense and suspenseful shot and the setting, I'm, I'm going to fucking mention it now, the way they set the office building, the way they set the lighting, the color scheme, all of it, the filmography of it. Yeah. wanted to shoot like a fucking suspense thriller? <laughs> That's what they wanted to do.
0: Yeah, and I know it's listed as a comedy, but goddamn, is it not a comedy? Honestly, with some of the shit they even
1: do dialogue-wise, if they didn't try to be a comedy, and they just buckled down a bit more on, like, suspense or
0: thriller, the show would be better. Yep. So, like you said, Ulysses carries a homeless man into this, like...
1: I would have to assume it's a fucking furniture store. Yeah, it's a furniture store. We never really see what yeah. it is, but there's a bed right in the fucking window, and it's a giant plate glass window. And it's
0: not just, like, a bed. It's, like, a, a bedroom set. Yeah, there's it looks there's like, like a little... Dressers and stuff, set like... Set up. Yeah. Um... So then we cut to the bar and Ulysses walks in while Trin and Greta are he's still talking about people they would wet. save. And Greta's like, Oh, Rookie, are you enjoying the rain? And he's, he's like, like,
1: My name's not Rookie. It's not Ulysses. My name is Yuli. I choose Yuli.
0: And like this is a really intense scene
1: too. Like this is Well, yeah, because his head's angled down, we have the shadows under his eye. It's again, a dark lit room. He is backed against the storm the storming sky, they're back against this like lightened bar. So we have him diametrically opposed to light. And, he, and he's in the dark over here and
0: he is like actively choosing to go against the chief who chose his name for him and, and it's
1: just gone against the chief's like rules
0: yeah so like this scene is so dramatic like, like this, I said, sh-
1: this show doesn't want to be a comedy but it's what they shopped it as fun fact the show has one season okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably probably deservedly so um but anyways back on the street they pass the homeless man who's now getting arrested and it's no longer raining
1: and Shun and Greta are just like you're not involved in this are you and he's like n- n- no
0: tell they're like tell us you're not involved with this and he's like i'm not involved in this and they're like god damn it yuli what did you do they're so fucking upset.
1: and, and chun's just like you fucking broke one of the rules do you know what's gonna happen you're gonna disappear now
0: and he's like i haven't disappeared
1: yet have i A- and then they kind of just ignore him saying that and they're just like and we're gonna get in trouble too and you you as i'm as i started taking him notes because before it was just you my phone kept putting to autocorrected to i but it wasn't fucking down
0: ulysses all the fucking well the thing is the way they spell ulysses in this show is not how yeah
1: it has uh it's u-l-i-s-s-e-s which my
0: phone is like that is not a word what are you doing yep
1: so they're just like we're gonna get in trouble it's like no the chief knows everything he's gonna figure out they're like not the chief fred's gonna fucking punish us because
0: we're watching you and then you is like well, I'll fix it. Don't worry. And they're like, no, you stay here. You don't You're do gonna, anything else.
1: They're like, no, you stay here. You're not going to do anything else. You're going to disappear. And she' just like looks at his hands for a moment. And then he runs off. Yeah. And we cut to him in the office. And again, it's another fucking dramatic shot. We have other people walking. He's in this dark area. He's, dripping, the light. Wet, he's the- dripping wet. He's dripping wet. Everyone else is dry. And, and, and he he's just it- determinedly walking towards the camera
0: yeah he he, he proceeds down the hall to the chief's office
1: which the chief's office alone the setup is dramatic it's this long thin hallway that is dark with this giant steel door that looks like it belongs
0: in a submarine
1: and he enters the chief's office and there uh, there's an ominous coral like
0: oh and he's now broken two of the four rules which Mm -hmm. i I assume by the like like uh, the idea is he's gonna break all the rules obviously he's a rule breaker in the office everything is black and we just see yuli walking around until he comes to another door which, it, after he opens this one... It's, it's like half his height, dude.
1: Yeah. The first one was giant, and this one's tiny.
0: After he opens this one, though, we, we see a machine, which appears to operate the DAO machines. Oh, yeah. It's
1: all these gears and pulleys, and we and see a
0: wheel spinning. It's powered by a hamster and a wheel. Mm-hmm.
1: God is a hamster.
0: I mean, there's some conclusions we can reach here. Shun will later reach the conclusion that God is a hamster for a pet. Mm-hmm. So our choices here are God is a hamster, mm-hmm. God has a hamster for a pet
1: god is gone has just set up this machine to run in the background or god is the machine and the hamster is
0: just what powers the machine literal deus ex machina yeah i like the idea that the hamster is god like that's 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 some funny shit to me just from like an idea perspective
1: if at some point in either of these two episodes or maybe even further along they just go to the hamster and they're doing something just like halt my children yeah so what have you done it's just like you obviously have to give the hamster like this really deep voice you mm-hmm. just have him like kind of perch up and hold out a little paw and it'd be fucking great but no that, that's not what happens so
0: he goes up a staircase and finds a myriad of these machines all spitting out dao balls you know those little
1: lottery things where they spin to pull the ball out or in a bingo thing it's just one of those except yeah. on giant scales and it's a fuck ton of them as far as you can see
0: when i saw this like giant like myriad of machine i assumed that like each individual district had a hamster running in As the As would wheel. make sense. But Yuli goes back down the stairs and he sticks his finger in the hamster wheel. And the hamster doesn't just, like, stop. The hamster gets, like, fired out of the hamster wheel and smacks a wall.
1: At an angle, that doesn't make sense because he flies past Yuli, who is standing in front of the wheel. And it, it's a wheel, so if the hamster stopped running and got flung, he should be flung into the wheel. But mm-hmm. he gets flung out of the side and then bends around Yuli and hits the wall.
0: Yep. Which stops all the DAO orders and...
1: The the, the hamster's dead.
0: Yeah. This sets into action, the actions from the beginning of the episode where there are no angels protecting people and car wrecks are up and mm-hmm. gymnastic ex- events are like...
1: And we see the, Anjali and districts all over and they're just fucking confused and kind of terrified because the fucking DAO has stopped working.
0: Yep. And that's the end of episode one. So I'm going to go ahead and hit my notes real fast because yep. they, they're, they're kind of short. Um, the show is not funny. Despite being built as a comedy. It's got a couple of moments where, like, when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. Or, that was a good joke if it was, like, executed as a joke. But, it doesn't actually tell any jokes. It just has funny situations. That
1: they don't build to make funny.
0: Like, there's there's an obvious humor behind God being a hamster. Like, that is funny as a concept but the show is too serious about everything that you can't appreciate the humor of God being a hamster.
1: Yeah, like, Ulysses just doesn't even have a reaction to it, really. He's just, like, hamster dad. It's not like the boss isn't here, the chief isn't here. It's just, oh, this is a weird machine with a hamster. It's not like, oh, my God, is God a hamster? There's no shock on you, Liz. He's just like,
0: time to explore. At this point, I would not watch an ep- another episode. We did, obviously. But mm-hmm. at this point, I would not watch another episode. I would curl up on the couch and go to sleep, which is kind of what I did. Yeah. So um, my thoughts, I,
1: I covered my major thought, which is just if someone had, you know, taken the direction that the filmography wanted to go and the tone of the show wanted to go and the lighting of the show wanted to go and the setting of the show wanted to go. The
0: writer and the director were not on the same page. No. The YouTuber is was writing this was like, fucking, this is a comedy. I'm bad at telling jokes. But this is a comedy. And whoever was directing it was like, this is the most serious thing you've ever Honestly, watched in your entire life. I don't even know if it's that. It feels more like,
1: because a lot of the other lines don't have, like, jokes. It's kind of just explaining stuff. What it feels like more to me is, like, everyone involved in this project originally was like, okay, this is going to be a suspense thriller. And then, like, a producer or someone brought in this writer via nepotism and just like, here we go. Get this guy a job. He's the funniest fucking guy I know. And he's just like, okay, so I got this joke in there. I will just like, it's fucking bad. How the fuck do we fit this in here? And it just got shoehorned in. And there's no reaction to it in the show because it doesn't belong in the show.
0: You know how I said the show has funny scenarios, but it doesn't like actually turn them into jokes? Yeah. Jumping to the beginning of the, the very beginning of the next episode, we have Yuli giving a hamster CPR. Yeah. And that should be funny. But it's just not. Like, watching a grown man give a hamster CPR should be funny yeah right, and even
1: just... once the Hamster comes back, it tries to scurry away, which would like, yeah, but no, we get nothing, but yeah, no my overall thing is the show doesn't it's doesn't feel like it's allowed to be the show that it wants to be. It wants to be an entirely different genre of a show it feels like, and it there are two, do that
0: there are two very good shows within this show, and neither of them are allowed to exist because of the way the show is made, yeah, so there is a comedy and there is a serious drama, but not together
1: exactly. And because of that, I have no fucking motivation to watch episode two. Anyways, but episode, we did.
0: episode two is entitled, Oh My Hamster. Get it? Because God's a hamster. Yeah, like, oh my God, oh my hamster. Mm-hmm. And we open on Yuli giving CPR to the hamster. Like mm-hmm. I
1: said, it's literally the first scene. And yeah. it comes back to life. But I had to put, I think, because we're so far zoomed out in this shot that we don't really see anything. And he seems to scramble for him. I'm like, I think he got the
0: hamster, right? And I, I was pretty sure the hamster died at the end of episode one. But like, I wasn't entirely point, sure if it was dead. Like... I think the idea is the angels, like, have the breath of life. Yeah, because later
1: when he takes the hamster to a vet, the vet's just like, hey, this thing should be dead.
0: Yeah, so, like, my thought was, oh, the hamster did die, but Yuli literally breathed life into it.
1: Yeah, that was my assumption. But
0: anyways, the hamster scurries off, and Yuli leaves the office. He
1: manages to catch it, uh, yeah. put it in his pocket, and leaves God's office. To go talk to Chun and Greta. Well, well, I don't think that's his reason for leaving, but the moment he steps out, at the end of the hallway, our Chun and Greta, then just like... What, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I talked to the chief. He wanted <laughs> to talk to me about breaking rules, you know. And,
0: uh, you know, he kind of... He wants to talk to you guys now. And they're like, he wants to talk to us? And they're terrified because, like, as far as they're concerned... The chief only creates NGLI and destroys NGLI and yeah. works on the master plan. So they're
1: angry, confused, scared. They're just like, I don't want to. And he's just like, it's fine. See, look, I didn't get punished. It's all fine. And so after like assuring them they're not going to get punished, he didn't get punished, everything's fine. He gets them to go inside.
0: Yep. And they enter and they, have, they see all the machinery and the hamster, which apparently has an injured paw. Mm-hmm.
1: And Greta's just confused by everything that's going on. And Chun is just immediately apologizing to this empty room. They're just like, I'm sorry, Chief. I didn't mean to come in here. You know, I was told to. I, I was told you wanted me. I, I'm so sorry. I'm here.
0: Hey, do you think Chun enjoys watching um, teenage boys masturbate because he's a good Christian, or do you think he enjoy, or do you think he just takes, <laughs> or do you just think he takes it super seriously and he doesn't necessarily enjoy it? He's just super. I, hope, about I hope the
1: second one.
0: He's like, there's only two options, and one of them is the show is literally making fun of, like... Yeah.
1: So then we, we see Yuli showing Greta and tune around, and he's just like, yeah, the balls are here, they get moved by this wheel, and then they come down the chute, and as he's leaning against the chute, we get a shot of a pipe above him that doesn't appear to do anything, mm-hmm. and a bolt on it. It's a very new bolt on a very old
0: pipe. Yep. And the, the new bolt is loose. Mm-hmm. But we also here find out that Choon believes the hamster is the chief's pet. And Greta's just like,
1: there's no chief. The chief doesn't you're, exist.
0: You're fucking kidding me. This entire time. There's been no chief. It's just been a fucking lottery fuck machine. Am I doing? Um, yeah. So Yuli and the crew take the hamster to the vet from the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Well, and, we get a
1: name here, but I never noticed it because I didn't give enough fucks.
0: Yeah. And the vet's like, well, you got to pay me somehow.
1: Well, no. First, the vet is just talking to his parrot. And using what looks like an ox, hes using an oxygen setup to smoke <sighs> weed, assumedly, because it is a thick smoke, but it didn't appear to be nitrous or anything like that, and he was acting more high off, like, marijuana than anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yuli gets the vet to agree to treat the hamster.
1: Yeah, after trying to figure out how he becomes visible, because despite it being a rule that they're not allowed to be visible to humans— None of the angels know how to become visible because no one's ever done it, which implies why do you even make it a rule if no one knows they can do it to prevent people from doing it?
0: Well, what if they accidentally discover how to do it? Now they know they can't.
1: Then See? you make the rule.
0: I mean, it's been at least thirteen thousand years. And no like, one's
1: ever done it. We and we
0: we no, no, no. No one in this district has done it. The okay, rules no one, Yeah, no no one's in this district has done it.
1: But the person reading the rules and establishing everything in the beginning was Fred. And we know that one of the oldest people there is Cherub, and no one in this district has done it. So, you know, just just shoehorn that
0: rule away so people forget it's a
1: thing they can do. Cause... But
0: eventually, after negotiating with the vet, Uli agrees to trade one of his angel feathers for the service. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and Chun and Gret are like, what the fuck are you doing?
0: yeah meanwhile accidents are piling up and the angel i and in the 5511 district are freaking out
1: the angel i -i everywhere are but we focus of course on 5511
0: and fred and wanda are freaking out they're trying to decide what to do and fred's just like how will the Angelus line up we'll find out who's missing take roll call and just wait for the machine to turn back on Mm -hmm. like i said meanwhile accidents are piling up outside and then uli has the idea to have Tune spin the wheel while they get the hamster fixed
1: yeah he has the idea because they're standing outside four hours later from giving the vet the hamster and him and Tune are still having this argument because Tune's just like because the moment they step outside because Tune's upset that he's going to give away an angel feather and that Uli Brook rules he's just like dude you're going to disappear and before that we cut to the office into four hours later Yuli's just like, I don't think so, and it comes across as mocking, but I'm not sure if it's meant to be. He's just like patting his chest and looking at his hands. He's like, I'm still here. And then four hours later, they're ending up that argument of chun just being like, I promise you, it's gonna happen. It just takes a while. And then the news report talks about all the accidents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Yuli's just like, I know how to get rid of this guy who's annoying me and fix this issue. I'm not sure if that's this thought process, but I hope at least someone here is vaguely intelligent.
0: Yep, so they head back to the chief's office and Uli's like, look, all you have to do is rotate this wheel. Well, kind of pulling this belt
1: because the belt's attached to a pulley. Yeah. Well, to a wheel attached to the hamster wheel. So when the hamster runs, it moves this. So all you have to do is, is make this pulley. wheel
0: turn and then the balls will come out and the DAO machines will work again. And she's like, I don't think I should do
1: that. And Uli's like, but the chief made you and the chief made me and I came in here, which means the chief knew I would come in here and I would bring you. So the chief... It must be part of the chief's plan to have you do this. And that's going to save everything. So the chief's plan is for you to save everything.
0: Who's going to save everything? Chun. Chun. Who Who's going to be the chief's favorite? Choon. And we, we we eventually just like... Choon's
1: moving the pole. you just going choon, 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 choon,
0: choon, Yeah, we get it. Yeah, get it? It sounds like choo, 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 choo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. See, it's humor. Oh man, it's so fucking hilarious. We come back out to the five five one one office, and Fred seems to literally be on the point of a breakdown. Yeah, when the machine starts back up,
1: and it starts back up just as he puts his hand on the machine, out of like like a sigh of like exhaustion, She's like, "Ah," puts his hand on the machine. It starts back up, and he's like, "I fixed it! I fixed it!" Um, And he's doing this really like stupidish wave where both his hands are above his head instead of like waving them side to side or just one. He's like kind of leaning forward and pulling them back. like Yeah, no, he's praising the machine. No, he's doing it towards every other Angela to get their attention that Uh-oh. he fixed the machine.
0: Mm, fair. It, it looks so dumb. So they get the DAO balls rolling again and then a nut falls off a pipe and finds its way to Fred and Wanda and Fred and Wanda are like, what the fuck is this? Well,
1: that happens a bit later, but it's not super
0: important. I mean, it's basically right here.
1: Well, it actually happens after Fred stops yuli and Greta on their way out
0: oh yeah because they got a assignment
1: yeah and yuli plans on heading to go to Valdir, the homeless guy mm-hmm. and get him out of jail because he got him arrested and Greta's just like why why would i do that but then fred comes up to stop them and he's like wait you gotta get your doas and yuli's just like daos uh, i don't give a fuck <laughs> and yuli's just like but I'm not authorized for that. And then we see his name got matched with someone. So congratulations. He's promoted. He, and he's literally the kid
0: from yesterday. Julio,
1: the the boy tune violated.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, well, he violated his privacy, his decency, and I hope nothing Um
0: uh, And as Greta and Yuli leave the office, Greta's like, I'm just not going to do my job anymore. There's no point. Yeah. You, she, you can't, like, she
1: throws away her stamp and just sits down to watch these guys play basketball.
0: And she's like, it doesn't matter. All our commands are coming from a hamster, so...
1: No, no, no. She never calls it a hamster. She yeah. just constantly refers <laughs> it to it as a rat.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uli tries to help the homeless man, Valdir, out.
1: Yeah, he's in the police station, and the guy's just like, look, I didn't break the window, and the cop's just like, yeah, everyone says that. He's like, can you at least call that woman on that card? She said she would help me out if I needed it, and the cop's just like, oh, this
0: one? Okay, okay.
1: No, and then just throws it in the trash.
0: Yep, so using that, Uli gets the woman's name. Her name is Miriam. He goes and finds her, and... They get into a discussion. Well, first, I guess we should clarify what Miriam does because he finds Miriam at work.
1: Yeah, but before we know she's at work, we see her just talking to someone about how religion, society, stereotypes for sex and gender and all of this, fairy tales, all of it's bullshit. And you shouldn't let any of those things tell you who you are. And then we cut across and sitting across from her is a little girl in a dress and a crown and they're sitting in like a playhouse and Miriam is also wearing a dress and a crown. And the girl's just like, but if you're not Elsa Cinderella, who are you? And she's like, I, I'm Ex- whoever I want exactly. to be. Exactly. exactly. I am who I want to be. No one's going to tell me who I am. And the girl's just like, well, I am Sheila. And walks away. Yep. It's also the only amusing part, really, of
0: this episode. So, turns out... And even Mir- then,
1: it's cringy from the way it's delivered.
0: Miriam dresses as a princess for children's birthday parties and stuff yeah she then talks to her boyfriend who shows up and he's like we're running late don't worry about changing i've always wanted to take a princess out for dinner anyways yeah and then uli shows up and he's like hey um, i'm with this ngo a nonprofit organization and we're trying to get Valdir,
1: the street prophet which is apparently what they call yep the homeless guy problems he's just being detained downtown and she's just like so you just sit around waiting for people to be She's like we're very
0: proactive Yep, and she's like, she starts questioning the angel wings and stuff, and he's like, and
1: she's like, so how did you get me? He's like, well, he had your card. And she's like, well, why didn't you call? He's like, we, we don't, we don't, have, don't have
0: telephones. Again, this should be funny, but it's not. um Eventually, she peppers prays him, mm-hmm. and he tells her that he's an angel, and she doesn't necessarily believe him. She's just
1: like, your first life was better.
0: Yep, and then her boyfriend walks in, and they're in a room with no other exits. But her boyfriend walks in and she's like, this guy, this guy is stalking me. And well, he...
1: there was another attempt at a joke there, too.
0: Oh, really? Because I, I, believe I didn't it, catch it. It
1: seems he thinks he convinces her because he's like, yeah, he's explaining. And he's like, and these are actual wings. So don't touch them. We can't actually fly, though. So I guess I'm like a chicken. She's like, oh, OK, OK, sure. I'm going to I'm just going to go get my purse. And she's out of the room when her boyfriend shows up.
0: Yep. And she's like, this guy's stalking me. And he's like, what guy? There's nobody else in here. And then when her boyfriend finally leaves, she's like, oh yeah, we can also turn invisible to people.
1: And of course, as tropes dictate, he has to be right in her face when he turns invisible again.
0: Yep. So Miriam and Uli decide to sell one of Volder's paintings to pay for Volder's bell money.
1: Mm -hmm. And they come up with this plan right after Miriam breaks up with her boyfriend, which isn't really important in this episode. I have to assume in later episodes, Uli and Miriam are supposed to have like romantic tension or whatever.
0: Yep. So Miriam has a friend that works at an art gallery and she takes the painting down there to try to sell it. And her friend's like, I don't buy paintings from unknowns. If anybody knew who this was, I would be interested. She says that just so she's getting in a cab. And the cab driver's like, oh, hey, is that a Voldy the Prophets painting? And so Miriam's just like, I take cash or check? Yeah. And we see Uli's like sitting next to the cab Mm -hmm. driver and he obviously just Pre- transmitted the thoughts into the cab driver yeah Uli then picks the hamster up from the vet but is told that it needs to rest well because, no it's
1: uh, Uli and mirian sitting waiting for the guy to make bell
0: okay that's right
1: and again it doesn't do anything with this episode i think it's just meant to establish them for future romance in it and the fact that he doesn't understand why she's upset if she's the one that broke up with her boyfriend she's just like i did like him but we just had some issues like yeah it's uh, underhand we'd be upset and he's just like sounds tough to be a person and he's like I, got, I have to go get a hamster from a guy to put him back on a will so we can start doing angel stuffing and she's like i have no idea what you're fucking he's talking like, about
0: i'd get a hamster put put back on a will so the daos start rolling in again and she's like i have those words don't make sense in that context yeah
1: and then she goes to talk to him again but he's batman away
0: yeah because he's an angel so he picks up the hamster from the vet and is told that the hamster needs to rest it can't go right back in the will and he's like okay and the vet's like Okay, I need an angel feather now. You promised. And he, he tries to pull one out. He's like, mm, they don't seem to come out. Bye. No angel feather for you. I'll give you one next time I come back. Which is going to be never. Fuck you.
1: Yeah. So they go back. He goes back and he puts the hamster on the wheel. And, and the hamster just takes it right off. It doesn't seem to be well, bothered. It's a little point.
0: slow. but Yeah. And everything kind of returns to normal. It, it all looks like it's a good day solved. Chew and go back to pick up Greta. And Greta's just like, why the fuck would I ever go back there? I'm never working again. And they eventually they eventually convince her to pretend to work so that Fred doesn't have to find anything out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, another Angelus is reporting to Fred.
1: Yeah, Fred's busy staring at the bolt while this guy runs up, turning in his report. And Fred's just like, "You're late."
0: He's like, "I had a hell of a day."
1: Like, so she, you know, she had this problem, this problem, and then her son got electrocuted. She had to rush him to the hospital,
0: and, and he's just like, "Her son's
1: Julio, is Julio right?" right? And he
0: starts flipping through papers on his desk. He's like, Julio was assigned to
1: Ulysses. Ulysses. And he gets angry and kind of crumples the papers in his hand. End of episode.
0: Yep. So that's the end of episode two. Do you still think the show is not funny? I still think the show is not funny.
1: And I still think it wants to be a suspense or thriller. Like, every main beat of the story that it hits up is setting up for, like... Every main beat of this is tension. Like, you don't need to ratchet tension in a fucking comedy unless you're going to immediately... Like dissolve the tension because it's supposed to be a joke Or you dissolve your tension with the joke
0: So this is totally off base But I was wondering why the angels all had red hair
1: A good thing to reason and wonder about
0: And I came to two possible pieces of information One is... Oh, what's his name? A specific angel
1: Uriel is the angel of protection And he's the angel of the red light Yeah, he's generally depicted as... Being backed with like, red light and having red hair. And he protects people. And these are angels that like, just go through doing tiny little things to keep people safe. So they all have red hair.
0: And the other thing I found was a quote from the prophet Joseph. Where he's talking to a woman who claims an angel visited her. And his first
1: question is... And his first and only question is... What color was the angel's hair?
0: And her reply is red. And he laughs and says... There are no the angels, angels with, with red, red hair. hair. So either... Depending on which context we want to take. Either they're all servants of Uriel. The, the archangel of protection or they are not angels
1: or the third option and the one that i've lived almost my entire life by christianity by itself has no idea what the fuck it wants to do and makes no fucking sense
0: um to be fair though i don't know if it matters because i'm not going to watch any more episodes of this show i don't know if it
1: matters the show never got a second season Uh, i think it's only like eight eight episodes long to begin with
0: yeah so um hey justice would you watch this show more outside of the context of this podcast allow me to establish something
1: most of my final thoughts I, I talk more than the notes I have because I don't write a lot of it down. It's just like these bullet points I want to hit. Mm. Generally, five to three to six points, I would say. This one just has one. And it's just this. Allow me to say it verbatim. This show is straight boring. Mm-hmm. Because nothing ever goes anywhere. They don't know how to make the tone match the writing. They don't know how to make the writing actually funny nothing when they the try to show, do a joke. Nothing
0: nothing clicks together. It's all... Yeah, it, it feels like they
1: try to go somewhere, but they don't, so the, so eventually we're, we're just stuck in the same place.
0: I'm gonna be honest, I'm actually kind of really upset that the show isn't funny, because... Because the trailer made it look good. Well, That's why we felt like not, watching not it today. Not just the trailer, but, like, there's so much potential in this show. The premise is pretty fun. I... <sighs> But it's just not good. Yeah. But you know what is good? Leaving us a review, like a yeah. five-star review on iTunes to boost our SEO potential. Hey, why don't you leave us a review? Because that would be good, unlike this show.
1: You know what else is pretty good? The, f- the suggestions we've had from people. Yeah. But it-
0: You know, if you want to give us one of those, you can
1: always reach out to us at our email, which is copilotsreview at gmo.com and shoot us preferably good shows or shows that are so bad they're at least amusing to watch.
0: Yeah, like Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. I think we've
1: said this on multiple occasions. Middling shows are the worst to review. Like, this show is bad, but it's not so bad in a way that makes it fun to review or to lambast. It's just there's
0: so little going on. It just... Another option for reaching us, though, ah. is our Twitter handle, at Review, Or
1: you can find all of our stuff Eh, Almost all of our stuff, um, the person in charge of doing it's a bit lazy. You can find most of our stuff on our YouTube
0: at Copilots Review. Search search Copilots Review. But if you you can't find us on YouTube by searching, you can find that YouTube link by going to our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Also
1: on there, you can find our email, our Twitter, and a link to our Discord where we tell you when we have new episodes and where you can talk about the episodes with other people or us or ask us questions or tell us what shows you want us to watch on there or because it's never going away you can tell us about how being human you can try to tell us about how being human isn't the greatest show ever and we'll just tell you isn't the
0: best vampire show ever true true the best vampire yeah anyways thanks for flying
1: with us and please fly again soon because we have actual wings not tiny little chicken wings